0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, the 11th of August, and we're talking Brewers baseball today with Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. Adam, thank you so much for the time. And as we uh, discuss things uh, right now at this current moment, the Brewers are putting a beating on the Braves 10-3 in the uh, bottom of the 7th. A good start for Matt Garza and uh, the Brewers as we pointed out uh, before we got going here on the air uh, have scored in every inning of this game. They are seven for seven in terms of a scoring in an inning. So assuming they do not bat in the ninth, which they should not, uh, maybe they can pull this off and score in the eighth to set some kind of record. We don't know the last time a team (laughs) did that. Uh, You know, that's for the folks at Elias to figure out, but we'll see what transpires in these next uh, 10 to 12 minutes and see if the Brewers can do something kind of cool and score in uh, every inning of a game. Right now they're leading 10-3. Uh, But, Adam, uh, again, as we pointed out before we uh, hit the record button, uh, we want to start off today by talking about a guy who does not play for the Brewers and a guy who is not even in the same league as the Brewers. That, of course, is uh, Prince Fielder, and uh, he was such a big part of this team of this franchise for so many years, and he spent the first uh, seven seasons of his career in Milwaukee, drafted by the franchise in 2002, the seventh overall pick, and, of course, the very untimely and uh, heartbreaking, really – announcement of the end of his career after a second serious uh, neck surgery. And, Adam, it goes without saying, I'll say it anyway, put up some monster numbers in a Brewer's uniform for so many years, and I got to think that there was a lot of reaction, a lot of reflection, too, uh, within the Brewer's organization about Fielder after he announced, again, his very untimely ending of his uh, big league career.
1: Yeah, there was. Okay, so, you know, this is tricky because the Brewers came to prominence just as Prince Fielder was getting to the big leagues, and it was a group of guys who brought them to prominence. It was Ricky Weeks and Prince Fielder and Corey Hart, J.J. Hardy, later Ryan Braun, guys who were drafted and developed by the Brewers. Uh, in Doug Melvin's view, he said this when Prince signed with Detroit and sort of officially left the Brewers organization. To Doug Melvin, the GM of the time, Prince was the guy of that group. And in that sense, he kind of had a special place, I think, in the history of this franchise as they overcame years of being also Rams and really got to the point where they expected to do something. A lot of that came from Prince Fielder being, number one, a really good player, uh, a huge run producer in the middle of the lineup, 50 homers, got the top two home run seasons in Brewers history, the top OPS season in Brewers history. But then there was also kind of this Prince Fielder attitude that he carried where he was kind of a badass and he was kind of a guy that other teams didn't want to mess with. And, you know, and, and that kind of bled, I think into a lot of the other players, he made everybody a little bit tougher and a little bit better. So in all those different ways, he was a huge part of this franchise's history. And there was a lot of sadness, I think here to see it end the way he did for him. Uh, He was a guy who played every inning of every game. One season for the Brewers, he played 162 twice. Uh, he had a long game, uh, games played streak that ended when he was literally getting IVs in the training room in Houston, and he was lobbying to play. Uh, this guy was an Iron Man, and to see him cut down by injury is odd and very sad. I think for the, a lot of the people who knew him.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that swagger that he carried, and that carried over to his teammates. I mean, let let's face it. I mean, the guy. First of all, the guy's name is Prince, so right then <laughs> and there, you're going to draw a lot of attention just for that. Second of all, he's the son of Cecil Fielder, uh, himself a prominent slugger in his heyday. And the one stat that I think everybody is just blown away by is that Prince Fielder retires with the exact same number of home runs as his dad, which is just unthinkable. They each have 319. That's just crazy. So I don't think – yeah, go ahead, Adam.
1: Well, I was going to say that is crazy. And, And, you know, it's been a while since I've talked to Prince about all that stuff. I would imagine that's not a positive thing for him. You know, he was driven to a large degree by outdoing his dad. They had a very famous falling out. It's one of the saddest stories I've ever covered in baseball from how close they were when Prince signed with the Brewers to having a terrible falling out over money and betrayal. And it was, it was awful. And it, it changed Prince Fielder. Uh, he became very closed off a lot of times publicly and we didn't really get inside with him. We didn't get to hear what he really thought about baseball. Craig Council said he was a very deep baseball thinker. We never got much of that. Uh, he was he was distrustful of people, I think, except for his very small circle. And it was very it was sad. And and I, I think a lot of that came from the fact that he was driven to outdo what his father accomplished in the game. Um, so to end on that same homer, it, it's it, that same home run total. It's it's very coincidental. Um, and I, it it makes me sad. Honestly, I wish he had one more. Yeah, I think a
0: lot of people do. Um, because as you pointed out, you, you know, for so long, that relationship and that bond between Cecil and his son was so tight knit, so close. And we saw so many, you know, pictures when Cecil was hitting home runs for the Tigers for so many years. That so, you know, there's Prince, and I don't want to say a little guy, but a big little guy. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. following his dad around in the batting cages and taking some BP of his own. And then to see it go from uh, from that to this, where they've had this uh, terrible falling out, uh, and they don't communicate anymore. By you know, by all records, uh, it's it really is sad, as you said. And again, the the cruel irony that uh, for a guy like Prince to be as driven as he was to outdo his dad, he retires with the exact same number of home runs. Maybe he's got him in home runs per at bats. Uh, did he do it in fewer games? I'm not aware. Are you?
1: No more games. More games. More games. But okay. he had more RBIs. There we and go. we're not supposed to care about RBIs anymore <laughs> uh, because we're all more statistically advanced than that. But I don't care. I'm going to point to the RBI total.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I will too. So, you know what? At the end of the day, more RBIs. Who cares how many games it took? Who cares if that's an outdated stat? Prince has got his dad in uh, in that category. And, Adam, as you pointed out uh, you know prior, uh, I, I find it so kind of cruelly ironic, too, that Obviously, for so many years, uh, the discussion about Prince Fielder was about the weight and how he carried too many LBs on that frame and how eventually it was going to slow him down. Well, looking at his baseball reference page, I think for a five-year stretch between uh, 2009 and 2013, he missed one game. One, I mean, guys miss one game in two weeks now, and people don't blink. He missed one game in five years. The weight was never an issue in that regard. And it's not the weight that ends his career. It's something completely unrelated to weight or being in shape or physique. And, you know, I just found it amazing that people don't really consider Prince Fielder, you know, an athlete in the traditional mold because he didn't have that body. But he had that frame to carry that weight. And he was one of the most, if not the most durable guy during his heyday of any player in baseball.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, that's when I talked to Bob Uecker about Prince. Those guys were really, really close, by the way. Um, Yuke says that's what he remembers—the durability. And he told a story about he was doing the, uh, the Ken Maka show when Maka was the manager. And on the side, Ken Maka mentions to him that he's going to get printed a day off. And Yuke just looked at him and smiled and said, "Are you kidding me?" And Maka said, "No, I'm, I want to give him a day off." And Yuke looked at him and said, "You know, Kenny, that's—I'm sorry, that's not going to happen." And Maka says, "Well, what do you mean? I'm the manager. If I'm going to give him a day off, I'm—you know—I'm going to do it." And and Yuke says, "I'm—I'm I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen." And, and sure enough. <laughs> Prince Fielder won that particular battle and was in the lineup. And the day, that game you're talking about where he missed, it was in Houston. And he was literally so sick that he had to get IV uh, from the Astros team doctor. And yet he was still lobbying to the play. They had to basically carry him back to the team hotel to get rest that night. Uh, so, yeah, he was durable. He played every day and he ran to first base really hard. And he was complicated. Uh, he was, um, you know, he was not a baseball saint. I'm not trying to make him out to be that way, but but you could never question how bad that guy wanted to win, and, and you could just watch it yesterday, how much it killed him uh, to have to step away.
0: It was, it was heartbreaking on so many levels. Uh, we saw the reactions of his children uh, at that press conference in Arlington, how hard it was for them, but I think that Prince took some solace in the fact that uh, you know his kids, I'm not quite sure their ages, but for the most part, they were able to watch their dad play, and for uh, a – a pretty good number of years, so I think that that gave him some comfort. They were able to uh, enjoy his career for however long it lasted. Is he? He's only thirty-two, I believe, and he had uh, how many years in the bigs, Adam?
1: Uh, I know seven years in Milwaukee, twelve years.
0: I think that sounds about right. Sounds about right. So, uh I mean, well over a decade. His kids got to enjoy it, and uh, you know, Prince, as we said, like and like you said, not a saint, but uh, definitely one of the more uh, outspoken. And uh, bigger than life personalities in baseball, and he's certainly going to be missed. Uh, just a tough week uh, for Prince Fielder, and uh, for the many people in the Brewers organization that knew him uh, as they did. Adam, to kind of transition here to talk about uh, the the current Brewers and the team itself. Uh, you know, kind of a tough go for the team lately, but uh, they did last night on Wednesday snap a three-game skid as they beat the Braves uh, 4-3. Kind of my biggest takeaway has been the, the new-look bullpen. Obviously, uh, Will Smith and Jeremy Jeffress are gone. You've got new guys like Carlos Torres, Corey Kniebel, and the new closer, Tyler Thornburg, stepping up to more prominent roles. Uh, a small sample size right now, admittedly, but uh, focusing on those three guys in particular, how do you think they're doing so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're doing well. That's been a strength of this team this year. Uh, Thornburg is a guy who's got pretty sick strikeout numbers, in the opportunities that he's gotten, so he certainly has the stuff to be a closer and kind of a mindset for the ninth inning. Uh, Craig Council was talking this morning about how there was a game against the Cubs earlier in the year where they needed Thornburg to do that just because Jeffress was unavailable, and Council sort of took one look at him and knew you know, he's a guy who can handle that. He's not going to change because it's the ninth inning. Um, so that that's really been quietly a strength of this club, and, and it's not you know, Knable and Thornburg kind of have the big relief stuff that you that that is so popular and, and and populates all these bullpens around the game right now. But you know, Carlos Torres, Blaine Boyer, a couple of veterans, they've been really sneaky good. Blaine Boyer has the lowest exit velocity of any pitcher with at least 150 balls in play, and he does it with, you know, he does it with guile. It's not it's not power. It's not Noah Syndergaard blowing gas out there. It's it's just pitching. Um, so those guys are all taking on more prominent roles down the stretch, and we'll see whether they can uh, hold on. So far they've done a pretty good job of uh, of covering innings, even in the wake of those two big losses.
0: Yeah, they have. And, and uh, you know, going back to the deals that David Stearns made, you know, he knew that he was dealing from a position of strength. He could afford to let go of Jeffress and uh, Will Smith and get some nice pieces back in return while still maintaining a fairly, uh, you know, decent bullpen. And you pointed out the guys, Blaine Boyer, someone I overlooked, but again, himself, uh, Torres, Kniebel, and Tyler Thornburg are getting the job done uh, for this Milwaukee bullpen. Uh, Adam, uh, no more sands in the hourglass for us, uh, but uh, we'll talk about uh, Willie Peralta. Next week, as uh, he did make his successful return on Tuesday, I uh, turned into uh, six very strong innings, so we'll see what becomes of him in start number two uh, since his return from AAA. We'll talk about that next week and some other uh, issues, I'm sure. And as we speak right now, the Brewers are batting in the bottom of the eighth, and we hope they can scratch out a run and become the first team since whoever, whenever, to score in every inning of a game. This is something I'm very interested in keeping tabs on, and hopefully by this time next week we'll, we'll have an answer. Uh, the fine yeah, folks in at one, Elias can in help us, I hope. Week,
1: I, I should be able to find that stat for you. Give me one whole week. And, and I'll one finish. whole week? All right, you're on the clock. I'll I'll see what I can
0: do. It's a deal. Thanks a lot. Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter, joining us here on this Thursday. Adam will do it again next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Waymar signing off for MLB.com Extras Milwaukee Brewers.